Well, thanks so much, Catherine, for joining me today. We were just talking about all the cool things going on with Impactable X and uh, excited to, to chat. But let's first start with sort of your journey and sort of impact venture and, and impact investing and impact entrepreneurship in general of just being in the space. Thanks for having me on. I love this show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great topic. I graduated college after having worked with the UN for some time in Geneva, where I I saw firsthand, I think, you know, the role of the global political base and some of its limitations. And I came home really eager to figure out where I could spend my time and, and energy to really move the needle on some challenges that have really been plaguing the world for decades. You know, hunger, poverty, environmental degradation, despite trillions of dollars and decades of smart people's time and energy. And so I started looking into what the private sector was doing at a time when, you know, Prius and Facebook and Whole Foods were all just beginning to get a foothold in the market. And I was exploring, you know, initially the role of corporate social responsibility and then got recruited to join the management team of a few different startup companies that were really looking to leverage the power of con the consumer markets. Um, um, and consumer demand to drive impact in a number of different ways. Over the course of working with those different startup companies, we went through an accelerator program called Good Company Ventures designed for early stage social entrepreneurs to help them attract you know, market rate venture capital, building business models that could scale not only you know, revenue, but also impact. And while I didn't end up staying with the startup companies I had joined, I became part of the Good Company Ventures team itself, right when they had won a million dollar prize from Bloomberg Philanthropies wow. in competition with 360 other cities across the country to partner with the city of Philadelphia and work social impact initiative around addressing some of the city's really long-standing and challenging and complex public safety issues. And so with that prize money, we mounted this incredible consortium and sourced, mobilized, accelerated, and ultimately launched uh, 20 companies in the social early stage social impact space with a focus on public safety. So everything from criminal justice and recidivism reduction to providing access to benefits in a streamlined way, to reforming the policing data infrastructure. Those companies, you know, this was 2013, 2014. Wow, yeah, way companies. ahead of the game. <laughs> yes, they've now gone on to successfully close rounds with Andreessen and Kleiner Perkins and leading market rate VC firms, mm -hmm. um, which was incredibly validating you know, of our sort of underlying mission. And so, you know, from a career perspective, I got an opportunity to work firsthand with hundreds of early stage founders wow. at a time they were really grappling with product market fit and proof of concept figuring out how to get a foothold in a market you know in the public safety space which is notoriously difficult to penetrate and so it was catalytic work it was pivotal for my 
my career because, you know, not only were we working with these entrepreneurs, but we were also working with an ecosystem of stakeholders, you know, municipalities, academics, investors, corporates, thought leaders around the world to help them, you know, get that foothold, prove out their concept and then scale it up. So yeah, I mean, that was really the foundation for my career. And that experience ultimately, you know, led to my founding of Impactable Act. I want to ask a, a, a ton of questions about everything you had just mentioned, but let, let's first just get a broad maybe overview of Impactable X and sort of its mission and kind of what it brings to the impact business sector as we stand here today. You know, while we were running that accelerator, we just saw how how difficult it was for founders to quantify their impact, right. to impact data to evaluate it, um, synthesize it, centralize it and leverage it to power their growth. Um, It was virtually absent in the space at the time. I mean, we looked around at some of the other approaches to quantifying impact, evaluating impact. And a lot of them were designed for later stage companies um, Mm -hmm. or were really consultant driven. And the price points were just prohibitive for the companies we were working with. And the the data and analytics themselves offered limited practical utility. Either they were looking at dynamics of impact that really didn't apply to the kinds of companies we were working with, right? Like operational footprint, board composition, you know, headquarters location, you know, a lot of times we were working with companies that had a really small team, but the products and services they're selling had massive impact, possibility, and potential. And so that was really what we wanted to be focusing on. And we wanted to evaluate the relationship between revenue and impact, you know, the efficacy and efficiency of a business model as a lever for impact. You know, when impact is created by commercial activity, it can't be evaluated in a silo uh, to be meaningful. And so we ultimately developed a modeling methodology and deployed it internally, both, you know, with the Bloomberg cohorts and later with additional cohorts in partnership with the Obama administration's climate data initiative. And the companies that use this were able to differentiate in front of investors at pitch competitions and other accelerator programs with their you know, consumers and various partners. It was incredibly powerful stuff. So much so that the investors in our network provided some grant funding to spin this out because they wanted to see this kind of analysis incorporated by every company that was pitching them. It provided just such valuable insight for them to evaluate where they can place their capital for greatest impact leverage, right? A lot of companies sort of tell a compelling story that's sort of anecdotally driven or sentiment driven about their impact, but it's lacking ground and data and analytic and research. And so if we can incorporate those components into a, a story about impact, then it's incredibly powerful and provides just so much more context and meaning. Um, and so that's how Impactable X was founded um, in 2019. And now we're offering this methodology you know, publicly for companies around the world and impact funds around the world to help them define quantify, model, and forecast social and environmental impact as a derivative of sales so they can leverage their impact to 
more effectively execute on their mission and leverage their impact to drive sales and and fundraising. So yeah, I mean it's been it's been incredible. Um, you know this the timing couldn't be better. Right. Uh, there's really a wave of interest around impact measurement and management right now, um, both at the global level and on the ground among founders. And so we are really helping, I think, to kind of bridge the gap between this very, very high level set of global standards and expectations and the realities of founders on the ground who have limited time, data, and resources, but really a a tremendous amount of integrity and uh, desire to deliver effectively on, you know, their mission. And so we're really hoping to democratize access to high quality impact analytics. When we talk about analytics and and sort of impact analytics, every company is probably going to need different metrics is there or maybe not right there might be some foundational things but every company is so different right they're, they're gonna look at impact metrics differently can you give us maybe an example or, or just like a case study of like what this actually looks like right a company walks in and you could use a fictitious company or you could use a, a real case study that you guys have, have, have done already but just give us an idea of like what actually is this and and what you deliver at the end i think that kind of like granularity can be super helpful and you're right every company is different more or less and so let me give you an example of a company we just finished working with uh on the modeling side so they have these incredible storage bags, essentially, that they sell to smallholder farmers on every continent. And when they came to us, they were very proud of their latest impact report, which highlighted the various SDGs their work contributes to, zero hunger, climate action, um, several others. And that was really where their knowledge and understanding of their impact stopped. So how their product drives hunger reduction or or, you know, reduced carbon footprint was really unclear or to what degree was really unclear. And so the way we started with the with them is the way we start with every company, which is we get on an intake call and we get a sense of the technology, the a use case on the user side um, and a company's business model. From there, we're able to work with them to define their key impact metrics. So in the case of these storage bags and cocoons, we looked at the following metrics. We we defined metric number one to be reduced crop loss post-harvest per hectare of land for various crop categories, and two, increased income for farmers resulting from right. reduced, reduced crop loss. Yep. So already right there, we have much more clarity around the key levers that drive impact because of their product. And we also get a sense of their business model. So we begin our work by quantifying impact on a unit level. A unit could be a user or a product, or it could be a farm or a utility or a school or a hospital or a prison. In this case, we looked at a hectare of farmland. We also looked at each bag or cocoon, which is a much larger storage container. So we identified these two core units of growth. And then what we do is we begin a process of third-party research and company data collection. So we quantify impact on a unit level compared to a baseline, right? So in Africa, looking at, you know, maize harvests, what is the average 
maize loss per hectare of farmland. We pull from third-party research to define this. Turns out in Africa, there's about a range, a 10% to 40% range of crop loss post-harvest. Given the countries where this particular company was active, we decided to define a 25% baseline maize loss post-harvest due to pest and mold infestation. Then we work with the company to aggregate company data to define the degree to which their product is able to reduce that 25% maize loss post-harvest. Their research says that their technology can reduce crop loss by 100%. For the purpose of modeling, we went with 75%. So let's take a very conservative assumption and quantify impact at that level because it's incredibly powerful to enroll various stakeholders when you're able to say, you know, we have data that suggests we can reduce crop loss by 100%, but we're just going to model it out at 75%. Then what we do is we collect, uh, we translate impact into economic value. So in this case, what that looks like is the market value of the maize that is saved post-harvest right? and the price point that a farmer can now sell that maize at because they have an effective storage container and can sell that maize at a higher dollar value four months post-harvest. So we go through this process of baseline definition, company data collection, and valuation work. And from there, we do an initial analysis. We're able to determine the company's impact, which is the difference between the baseline and their company data. And then we assign an economic value to that. And then what we do is we model impact projections on top of financial projections. So if you know that one bag sold or one farm uh, can save, you know, 10 kilograms of maize, then you know that 10 bags or 10 farms can save 100 kilograms of maize. So we're able to extrapolate based off of our unit level calculations on top of a company's sales and revenue projections to forecast their social impact over a given term. And then from there, based off of that initial analysis, we generate summary analytics. So we look at the total social impact uh, projection a company can create across all of their metrics, all of their product over a given term. So if we're looking at five years, typically, um, we'll create a five-year social impact projection. And then we can create multiples, like an impact multiple of revenue, which says for every dollar of revenue we generate, we can create X dollars of impact and an impact multiple of capital. So a founder can go to investors and say, for every dollar you invest in my company, we can multiply that by 20x or 200x or 2000x in impact value creation. And so that's the modeling process. From there, we can create a number of tools, integrations, PDF data presentations that allow founders to really leverage this analysis to power their growth. So whether that's around internal impact management, key decision-making around what data they need to be collecting, whether that's around articulation and communication to stakeholders, right? If this company is now able to go to farmers and say, we're going to save you a hundred right. kilograms right. of that's incredibly powerful sales data. That is, in fact, their core value proposition. So being not being able to articulate leaves tremendous value on the table. Um, and then if they can go to investors and really be able to answer the inevitable question impact investors will have around how do you measure your impact, you know, they can really differentiate themselves and be prepared uh, to deliver a 
a rigorously developed, you know, answer. So I hope that's helpful. Yeah, no, it's great. I think the, the key point I take out of it is that the social impact side is, is also now turned into just an economic impact side, right? Because it's, if you find ways to prevent waste, be more sustainable, usually your economic outcomes are better, right? And so that's a really great selling point, where you, whether you're pitching investors and, you know, investors are going to want to see the economic side of things. It seems like what all this comes down to across any level, right? It, it's like, I, and again, I, you, you see every more companies than I do when you're looking at, at the metrics like this, but I would think more often than not, when you solve for the social impact metric side of things, you also find that it actually might boost economic value as well. Yeah. So there are two dimensions to this. One is risk reduction, which is really the basis for ESG yep. investing, right? So if a company is dependent on, you know, infrastructure that could explode, like we saw in Texas, that creates market risk. And so sustainability from that standpoint is really around limiting exposure to risks like that. And then there's the impact side where we see impact creation as value creation. Typically that value that a company creates an impact is not reflected in their revenue, right? That impact is borne by the commons mm -hmm. or various third parties, um, but it's a value creation nonetheless. And being able to capture and articulate that value allows companies to sell more effectively for sure um, if they can articulate it to the right stakeholders, right? So if a company is reducing, you know, trash in a particular geography, that saves a municipality certain waste management costs. If they can articulate to, you know, the, the buyer or the municipality, you know, how much they can save in waste management, that's incredibly compelling uh, and, you know, may provide the raw material for whatever, you know, products or services a company sells. Yeah, we think about our work as, you know, really helping a, a company to capture the full value of their innovation and leverage it to power growth. That growth component that you're talking about around economics is absolutely foundational. And in fact, 80% of the companies that have worked with us have gone on to raise $127 million in capital within one year of uh, completing our work. So, you know, both on the sales side and on the fundraising side, it's incredibly powerful stuff. Does it matter what stage a founder or company is in? Because if they're, you know, if they're early stage, very early stage, would they not have sort of the metrics you need to give them a very sort of powerful identity that early on or, yeah. or, or, or would it matter? Yeah, it's a great question. So if a company is really, really early, uh, you know, still at an idea stage or, you know, MVP stage, I mean, we can absolutely do this work. Usually we see that it's less of a priority for them. You know, they're focused on, they're focusing on building out their product and, and testing and validating it. But what we're finding is that this work can be applied to any company at any stage. The question is how strong the inputs to the model are. So if a company is pretty far along and they've already collected lots of impact data, then we're able to build their impact model off of, you know, a very strong foundation. The reality is though that companies at pretty much any stage 
haven't known what data to collect or how. Um, right. They haven't even known necessarily how to define what metrics to be tracking. So typically what happens with a company at any stage is that we begin to build their model off of initial impact assumptions. Assumptions that of course are well grounded in research and comps um, and data, but usually assumptions. Then from there, a company knows what their metrics are. They know what data they have, what data they don't have, where what gaps they need to fill, and they can put a process in place to begin collecting that data. And then their model gets refined over time. So if a company is super, super early stage, still at an idea stage, it's likely that the metrics themselves are going to change and evolve because their products are still going to change and evolve likely. Once a company has really established product market fit, they can lock and load on the top impact metrics that are most core to their value proposition, begin to build a model, and then have a core infrastructure, a place that centralizes and synthesizes all the data they collect and evaluates it in a way that tells a really compelling story. So typically we're working with companies at, you know, the post-seed, you know, pre-series A stage-ish all the way through, you know, series C rounds. And I'm finding that regardless of stage of development, uh, impact data is often missing, which is absolutely okay. You know, we liken impact modeling to financial modeling, you know, so if you're at an early stage, you need to build your model off of initial assumptions and you need to be prepared to substantiate those assumptions with your investor. You know, no investor is going to hold an early stage entrepreneur to their five-year revenue projections, but no investor is going to take a meeting with someone who doesn't have them. <laughs> um, it's become uh, standard and expected among investors that founders, you know, have a really well thought out, but assumption-driven initial financial model that of course evolves as they start driving sales and they get a better sense of their market. And so we think the same is true on the impact side, as long as a company then puts measures in place to collect data to refine and validate those assumptions. I want to go back to something you talked about a little earlier, and that was your time at the UN and then your time at Good Company Ventures when you worked a little bit with uh, the city of Philadelphia on on some aspects through through the accelerator because mm-hmm. as you're as you're talking about this this seems really a valuable asset also for local cities state governments federal governments UNs nonprofits if we're talking about waste you know there's a lot of waste in those entities and I think if you look at you know a city program right like you did in Philadelphia or a a state program, federal program, a UN program. Programs can be looked at as companies, right? And maybe, you know, what's the waste at the at, on the government side as well? Can this be can this be used to make government programs, aka, you know, they use the parallel for companies, uh, much more efficient and less wasteful through something like this, and more transparent. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. So we. Can- can absolutely apply this to you know various nonprofits, various government programs. You know what's interesting on that are, is the dynamic between you know money spent and funding received and impact creation. So what's really unique about our model is we're we're really integrating the financial side 
and the economics with impact. You know, to date, we've really seen impact evaluated in a silo. And so, you know, we can absolutely look at impact creation for a given program, but even more valuably, I think we can look at taxpayer spending or various funding sources and the leverage they create for solving problems in an effective data-driven way. So absolutely. I want to go back one more time to, to the Good Company Venture Accelerator what what has come come out of that? I, I guess do those do you still you know look at those companies? Do you still speak with them? Like I guess what is the aftermath you know of that program? And you know are fifty percent of those companies still alive? You know like how how was the 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 maturity of of that program? And how would you how would you assess the companies that came out of that? Oh my God, those companies are incredible. You know I'd have to go back and look at how many of them are still active, but mm-hmm. what know is that many of them are just crushing it. <laughs> there, there are names that many of your listeners might recognize um, in the criminal justice space, in the agro tech space, in the ed tech and health tech and gov tech spaces. Their growth, their ability to uh, engage market rate capital has really helped to demonstrate that you don't have to take a concession when investing in or otherwise supporting, you know, impact-driven companies. You know, we think of entrepreneurs as problem solvers and social and environmental challenges are massive problems. And by solving massive problems, you create massive value just so happens that we tend to think of impact in sort of nonprofit or charitable terms because that's sort of the last gen approach but now we're starting to see that not only can you solve massive problems with technology but you can also create tremendous returns and i think that is really the takeaway of uh, my work with Good Company Ventures. So now Impactable X is all about helping those companies get to that point by capturing their impact and the value that it creates and leveraging it to differentiate themselves and power growth. So, I mean, the companies that we worked with during Good Company were absolutely still in touch with. Um, I think of them fondly and often and promote their success as much as possible. And we have testimonials from them that say that the work that they did around impact measurement um, and with Impactable X was absolutely critical to breaking through, uh, which is really why I do what I do. I mean, you know, that's, that's the whole game as far as I'm concerned. And so we want to be able to offer that to as many companies and impact funds as we can around the world. Amazing stuff. Well, I'll end on some congratulations and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the future, but Fast Company World Changing Ideas Awards for 2021 in the impact investing space. Factable X was, was, was given that award. So congratulations on that. Uh, it's a, a pretty, pretty sweet thing to, to happen. Uh, probably gives you a bit of, of motivation and optimism going forward. So let's end sort of a little bit on the future. And what are you optimistic about, you know, let's say over the next, you know, one to three years as, you know, impact metrics are, are going to be a thing that I think, you know, every company will, will have to have in, in some way. 
right? Yeah. But but I guess what what are you what are you optimistic about? Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head, Grant. Like this is definitely a wave, um, and I think we're still at the early stages of it. Impact investors have really made it clear that impact data is critical for their work for a number of reasons. That reality is is really sort of setting in with founders and accelerators as the impact investing and the social impact space writ large really evolves and grows in sophistication. Um, And so we want to be sort of the go-to resource, not only for sort of, you know, static analytics, but, you know, dynamic modeling, dynamic automated performance tracking and reporting to really enhance the legitimacy of the space. And ultimately we think unlock capital that's on the sidelines, um, you know, from otherwise mainstream investors who are interested in impact, but are sort of questioning its legitimacy. Um, And so if we can help enhance the sophistication, we think we can help mobilize capital too. So I couldn't be more optimistic. I mean, every day I'm learning of new companies that are solving new problems in new and fascinating ways. And we're seeing companies like, you know, Adidas and Burger King, I mean, really mainstream brands begin to integrate new approaches, new technologies, new materials into their products and services. It's incredible. It's like Christmas every day, um, really. Uh, (laughs) I mean, we're, we're just riding the wave and trying to maximize our value add to, again, accelerate the evolution um, and enhance the sophistication and legitimacy of the space. Amazing. Well, thanks so much, Catherine. Best of luck to you and the team for the rest of this year and, and hopefully the decades to come. Thank you so much, Grant, for, for having me on. And uh, if anybody wants to get in touch, visit us at impactablex.com.